from MPB Think Radio, this is Everyday Tech. I'm Sherita Brent, joined today by Wilts Couture of Newcore Steel Jackson and Flowood and Russ Walker, Chief Technology Officer for the Secretary of State. Jeremy Thompson is away today. This morning we're going to be talking about laptops, how they work, some things to consider when you are buying a new laptop, or can you just repair the one you already have. We'll also talk about the difference between laptops and desktops and two-in-one hybrid laptops. You can give us a call if you have any questions or comments. The number is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464. Or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. We'll be back right after the news. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sherita Brent, joined today by Wilts Couture of New Core Steel Jackson in Flowood and Russ Walker, Chief Technology Officer for the Secretary of State's office. Jeremy Thompson is away today. He's recently married. I think he's on his honeymoon. So. Yeah, they're they're out in the uh, in the tropics somewhere, enjoying a little Caribbean sun. Yeah, I hope he remembers to come back to the show. That'll be great. Uh, but Jeremy is away today, but we are glad to have Russ in studio with us. And uh, we're going to be talking about laptops today, the differences between laptops and desktops. And we'll also get into this two-in-one idea where it's a tablet and a laptop. We'll just talk about the different functions of all those things, some things to consider when you are in the market for a new laptop, as I am. You can give us a call at 877-MPB-RING if you have any questions about laptops, desktops, if you need recommendations some kind of assistance, or if you want to let us know which ones you have, what brands you have, call us 877-672-7464, or you can email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Now, we are, first of all, going to be joined by a guest. Um, I got an email about something really cool uh, coming up at the Welty Library. I think it happened yesterday, but it's going to be ongoing. And so we have Patty Furr on the line with us, who's going to talk with us a little about uh, these new exciting things going on at the Eudora Welty Library. Patty, good morning. Thanks for joining us. Good morning. I'm delighted to be here. So it is National Library Week, right? I don't think I even knew that until I read it just now. It is National Library Week all week long. <laughs> so what does that mean? Could you could you touch on uh, libraries a little bit and their value, uh, even as technology advances a whole lot? Some people are under the impression that, uh, you know, maybe libraries are not as valuable, but I don't think that's true. What do you think? Oh, I don't think it's true either. Last year we had 308,000 people come into our libraries to use our super-fast computer access and our public access computers and our wireless services. So who do you think is most attracted to libraries now? You, you guys offer uh, different things as far as helping folks with computer skills. Uh, what are the demographics of folks you see coming in, older people or younger people still uh, taking well, advantage? We, we see both. Um, we have, in the last year, installed a really fast fiber network. So we have 300 megabits per second at all 15 libraries. So wow. uh, people are coming in to take online classes, to apply for jobs. 
uh, just a varied amount of use. And uh, we still have a strong demand for books. We're seeing less demand for reference and nonfiction because there's so much information on the Internet, but we're still seeing a strong demand for print books. But we do offer e-books, digital downloadable audio books, and um, online magazines. So we have oh. formats for both folks, folks that like print and folks that like digital. That's extremely cool. And I still just kind of like the seclusion of a library, being able to go into a corner. Oh, and even yeah. if I'm reading my iPad, I, I still just, just like the atmosphere. A lot of people come in for that. It's quiet as a tomb a lot of days. <laughs> yeah. Patty, could you talk about some of these new classes uh, that the library is going to be offering, new courses and things? Well, we have a dedicated technology learning lab here at Welty Library, and we have a live trainer that's here, and she teaches uh, during the day from 9 to 5. We're hoping to find some volunteers who'd be willing to come in and teach from 5 to 8 because we have a really big demand for other classes, and we don't have anyone currently that can teach during those hours, and we're open till 8 here. Uh, the classes that we're offering in April include basic computer, and that's for everybody, and we don't mind if you've never had a mouse in your hand. We hold all hands and make sure we don't leave anybody behind. So even if you're 80 and you've never touched a computer, uh, we have a trainer who's able to take you and have you up on the Internet doing email and uh, getting online to learn about some of the interests that they may have. So we offer basic computer and keyboarding uh, from 1 to 2 here, Monday through Thursday, and then intermediate computer from 11 to 12. Then we offer uh, introduction to Microsoft Word from 9 to 10, Tuesday and Thursday, and introduction to Excel Monday and Wednesday from 9 to 10. And I know this is hard to get all the information down, but you can check our website um, at jhlibrary.org to get a list of all the classes. Yeah, and our uh, our co-host here, Wilts, perked up when you asked about uh, the the teaching classes. I think that's something he'd yeah. be interested in. So we'll have to uh, get you guys in, in contact at another point. Uh, Wilts, did you have anything for Patty? Yeah, I was just going to say. I mean, I think uh, I think it's wonderful. I, I saw some of what y'all are working on with the library out there. I've been out to those facilities quite a few times. Um, to the listeners, if y'all have not been to the Welty Library in downtown Jackson, you're really missing a, a really nice facility. <laughs> It's not your grandma's library, but uh, I think your grandma <laughs> might like it. So Yeah. Um, so uh, are you hoping that lots of people will take advantage um, of these classes? I, I certainly hope so. Yes. Uh, you know, we see people every day that come in the library and they're trying to apply for a job and they have no computer skills. So we do have people at all our branches that can help with that. But we are convinced, and this is just a personal philosophy of mine, that if you want a job, you have to have these computer skills. Mm, Even definitely. if you want to, you know, be working on a construction project, they're working with all kinds of GPS technology and computerized equipment. So uh, it's almost impossible to find a job these days that is not attached in some way to technology. Yeah. So it can be the difference. We had a lady who took the basic computer course recently, and uh, I have a little... Uh, video of her jumping up and down and saying, I got a job, I got a job. And oh, that's she's been awesome. trying so hard to get a job. And just the basic computer class was enough for her to get it back into the job market. Wow. So we see this as one of our main emphases is just get people the skills that they need to get a job. That is so excellent, Patty. Um, and do you have anything else planned for Library Week? 
Well, um, we're celebrating it across all of our libraries. Um, you know, people can come in. We have a teen center at Medgar Evers Library with some really exciting uh, teen events going on out there this week. We have um, a volunteer who's able to offer digital video editing as well as coding classes for teens after school at the Medgar Evers Library. Wow. So there's always something new, and we have 15 libraries. Library cards are free to anyone in Hines County and available for a very nominal fee if you live outside the county. And once you have your library card, you can get on and use our online resources, and you don't ever have to even step in a building. Once a year, we ask you to come in and renew your card. That is uh, great, Patty. So glad that you could join us this morning. Uh, could you uh, give a number or uh, a website for people who want to find out more information? Sure. sure. Uh, the number to call to ask about classes is 601-968-5820. Or you can go to our website, and it is jh, for Jackson Hines, jhlibrary.org. Excellent. Patty, thank you so much for joining us. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Let's get those folks coming in for classes. All right. Sure thing. Thank uh, you. You're, you're very welcome. Okay. So that's that's great. Yeah. I mean, that really is. Uh, I think a lot of people tend to sometimes forget the resources these libraries have. I mean, I've been in, in quite a few of them. And it, it's really great that the, it's it goes so far beyond just the book on the shelf. There's so much more going on with them. They're really, they're really reaching out to the community. And they, you can't beat it. You really can't. It's right there for you. Yeah. It's really great to see something like that going on because the area, Jackson area, is really lacking in that kind of program to offer those skills mm-hmm. to people. You just don't have a lot of that in this area. To see them doing that is really a big benefit. It's a great story yeah. to hear about the young lady who got the job just from having basic computer classes. It just lets you know how valuable it is to know how to use a computer. I mean, you know, we talk sometimes about... Uh, having and ingesting too much information with the internet, but it is a skill that you're going to need in this century if you want to be able to keep up. So, well, yeah, I mean, really, and, and exactly what she said, you just about can't get into any line of work where technology is not going to, you know, breathe into it at some point. You're going mm-hmm. to interact with it, and you know, it just sounds like they have some really good programs to get people over those uh, over those shortcomings. That's going to be great. Absolutely. So we do have a couple calls already, and this morning we're talking about laptops, the differences between laptops and desktops. We'll talk about the hybrid, which is a tablet and a laptop put together. If you're in the market for something and you need a recommendation or some assistance, you can give us a call. If you're having any issues with your uh, computer devices, call us at 877-672-7464. The number is 877-MPB-RING. Additionally, if you have any general tech questions, you can call us with those as well. Don't have to be laptop related. All right, so we have Dwayne and Jesse on the line. We're going first to Dwayne and Ripley, who has a question about an error message. Good morning, Dwayne. What do you have for us? Excuse me. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I turned on my laptop for the first time in probably over a week the other day trying to get on the net. And uh, as I opened up my browser, I got an error message. It said something about Microsoft technicians and you have this bad virus and you have to call Microsoft oh, and pay this no. much money. And I, I shut everything down and opened it back up, and right back up again. It wouldn't let me go anywhere or do anything. Yeah, you've got to, a virus. Okay, well, I went to another browser and it came up just fine. It didn't have a problem. So what I did is I shut everything down and I ran my virus scan on the computer. It didn't find anything. It, you know, it ran the, the virus scan the whole way 
shut everything back down, brought it back up, opened up my browser. Everything works fine now. No more messages. Yeah. Is that you, a virus or is that some kind of scam? Uh, a little bit of both. Uh, it was definitely viral. It was definitely malicious. Um, we see that popping up more and more. It probably came from a website. More than likely, when you ran that scan, it probably cleared some of the temporary settings in your in that particular browser. If I were to guess, the browser you initially opened might have been the Internet Explorer. Would that be right? No, sir. No, sir. Or, it was Firefox. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so more than likely, the, the scan cleared some of those settings out and got rid of that. Um, and, yeah, but that was definitely anyone listening. If you see that, uh, Microsoft does not give you pop-ups saying call us to, to fix your problem. So anytime yeah, you're seeing somebody prompting you for that, it's definitely malicious. Right. Well, this was the whole page. I mean, it wouldn't let me move anywhere. And they even had another little pop-up in the middle of that page and asking for all kind of information. And hmm. Like I said, the computer had been shut down for, I know, at least 10 days. And then all of a sudden, there it is. And, I mean, I couldn't do anything. Interesting. All right, Dwayne, uh, thank you for your call. Uh, so thank definitely you. a virus. Yeah, yeah, definitely mm -hmm. malicious. Definitely avoid those. Never never trust if your computer is telling you to call someone. Right. Okay. Uh, did you have something, Russ? I was going to say just also with that, I mean, it's great that he uh, restarted and ran the virus scan. Make sure those virus definitions are up to date, too, when you do that or that they update automatically or it may not find. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the really big things, I mean, he, he went exactly what, what you really want to do instead of following for what they're what they're saying, he tried a different browser, saw that he wasn't seeing that kind of error. I mean, apparently, I guess those those hairs on the back of his neck kind of stood up and said, something's not right here. And that's mm -hmm. that can really protect you a lot with these computers nowadays. All right. We go to Jesse in Jackson, who has a question about a gaming computer. Good morning, Jesse. What do you have for us today? Um, yeah. Uh, I'm in the market for a new gaming computer that's an all-in-one right now. And... Um, I first looked at Alienware, but they didn't offer any all-in-ones. I was wondering if uh, you've heard of any uh, brands out there that offer gaming computers in all-in-one platforms. I've not really seen, you know, because uh, when my mind kind of flips over to thinking gaming computers, I'm thinking pretty high-end graphics. And a lot of times that seems to be something missing um, or not nearly as robust in your all-in-ones. All-in-ones tend to be more geared, I think, more toward an office setting. I'd be just, uh, huh, nothing that I've really seen on there. Usually when I see a gaming computer, I'm seeing, you know, that traditional, the big box to the side with a couple of high-end video outputs out, like your HDMI or something. But I've not really seen them built in. Have you, Russ? I haven't seen an all-in-one that's really geared towards gaming either. Can I ask you something? Um is there a particular reason you're looking at all-in-ones over a traditional desktop or even one of the higher-end gaming-geared laptops? Um, mostly just uh, to try to save a little bit of space. Uh, I don't really take any games with me while I'm traveling, and I was just thinking about space-saving more than anything. But I'm not necessarily opposed to the traditional style. But uh, like I said, I originally looked at Alienware, but... Uh, downside to Alienware, of course, is the price. Right. Oh, yeah, they're proud of them. They um they stay pretty 
you know, up to date or cutting edge on the technology geared towards gaming, but you definitely will pay for that. An option that you may want to look at is actually Asus. Um, A lot of their laptops are geared towards gaming and are at a much better and reasonable price point. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. Yeah, the laptop option might be kind of your way to your compromise on that, really. All right, I'll take a look into that, and I appreciate you said ASUS. ASUS, A-S-U-S. All right, I'll take a look into that. I appreciate it. Okay. Thank you so much, uh, Jesse. We appreciate your call. And uh, we get back. I I found this uh, laptop brand ranking uh, provided by um, uh, a magazine, and so Apple has fallen in the ranks significantly, and we'll find out a little bit why when we get back. So they're ranking laptop brands, and we are talking about laptops this morning. If you want to give us a call, we're going to talk about the pros and cons of laptops, compare them to desktops. We'll also talk about this idea of a hybrid, which uh, at brands, it uh, puts together a laptop and a tablet. So we'll talk about those as well. If you're listening this morning and you have any questions or comments about uh, what laptops you are interested in and you need some guidance on what to buy, you can give us a call. Maybe you're having some kind of technical issues with your laptop or desktop. You want to give us a call, you can do so as well. Currently, all our lines are open. The number is 877-MPB-RING. That's 877-672-7464 or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. We'll be back in just a moment. And a fellow would know that his darling had heard every word of his song with the moonlight. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. And welcome back to Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. I'm Sherita Brent, joined today by Wilkes Couture of Newport Steel Jackson in Flowood and Russ Walker, Chief Technology Officer for Secretary of State's Office. Jeremy Thompson is away today, but we are talking about laptops and more today, the difference between laptops and desktops, different brands, different functionalities. If you're listening this morning, you have any questions or comments about laptops and desktops, call us at 877-MPB-RING. Uh, so, Russ, let's talk a little bit about uh, what you do as a Chief Technology officer for the Secretary of State? Well, that would encompass a little bit of everything. Okay. (laughs) Now, um, a lot of what I do is when we need to either move to a different solution or find um, a replacement or even stay caught up with whatever the um, best solution for a particular area is for our office and a lot of that is on me i'll initially find it look at it and assess it and then get with some of the other team members and um, start either doing like a poc a proof of concept of it or testing it in some direction to see if it would be a good fit for our environment Okay. Sounds good. Sounds complicated. <laughs> I don't envy you. Um, so we're going to be talking about the difference between laptops and desktops today. Uh, so, Wilts, um, who would be more interested in a laptop? An, an individual who is on the go quite often? You know, I think of a desktop, I think of something that's kind of stable and, and immobile at home. Yeah, definitely. You know, your uh, your desktop user is one that wouldn't be interested in that, that mobility that, you know, picking it up, walking out the door and going with it. The You know, um, me personally, I'm a laptop user. I like the idea 
idea that I can kind of go from my living room to the office to the bedroom and just kind of uh, stay on that computer. And, oh, it's the same computer I can also bring in the very next day and plug it in at work. So it uh, mm-hmm. it kind of just goes with me wherever I'm feeling like lounging for the day. Um, whereas at desktop, you have to go to it. You're, you're kind of a little bit more... Um, you have to be a little bit more devoted to your to your equipment there. Like I you know, mentioned, my wife uses a desktop, and it's set up in the office, and when she's not in the office not paying the bills or looking at what she's wanting to look at online, she doesn't want to be bothered with the thing. So she could care less about the mobility. Mm-hmm. So so definitely the mobility comes in. Uh, so I found uh, this website. It's um, um, a review by Laptop Mag, and so they review laptops, and for the past six years, Apple has been at the top of this list, right? Mm -hmm. Um, And so some of the things that they uh, take into consideration um, are uh, tech support, warranty, innovation, value and selection, design. And Apple has dropped to sixth place. So because of its modest review scores, expensive products, and lack of ports, Apple fell all the way down to fifth place, actually after receiving top honors every year since the best and worst brands debuted in 2010. So uh, Lenovo has uh, risen to Number one, Asus is number two, Dell is third, HP is fourth, Acer is uh, fifth, and, and Apple and Acer are tied. So does that surprise you? You know, it really doesn't. Um, I think what's really happened with Apple kind of sitting at that top of the mountain for so long, it has forced innovation on a lot of these other companies. A lot of people are kind of realizing that people will pay a little bit more for that quality. You know, quite a few years ago, we saw quite a few people coming out with your bargain basement laptops. People just wanted the cheap two, $300 laptop, something to, you know, throw one out there. Well, you kind of realize that sometimes, you know, you don't always get what you pay for, but you always pay for what you get. Mm-hmm. So getting some of those really inexpensive items might not have lasted like I thought that they would. So, you know, Apple was always, Apple never really had a bargain basement model. It was always, you know, right. kind of top tier. And, and as you've seen in your laptop search, I mean, there's not really an inexpensive necessarily option on Apple, but it's forced everyone to up their game. It's like anything. When you get competition thrown up in there, people will kind of sh- start changing how they're playing. People have kind of realized, hey, people pay a little bit more for quality. Let's build a better, better unit. And we're seeing these other companies rise up to the top. I'm not surprised to see Lenovo getting up there. You know, Lenovo, most folks may know them more so by their old name, IBM. Oh, um, yeah. that's news to me. Yeah, they huh. are, they are the old IBM. When IBM sold off their their uh, computer personal computer business, mm-hmm. they sold it off to Lenovo. So, I'm not really surprised to see them up there. I mean, it's a really good product. I'm not really surprised to see Lenovo on the list. I am kind of surprised to see them number one on the list, mm-hmm. um, as far as that goes. But they um, they really do go along with what Wilts is saying, they, they kind of fill this like middle ground market mm-hmm. to where they are at a very reasonable price point and they're a solid and decent system. So they, they really do appeal to um, a much broader customer base. Yeah, right. I, mean, I think even you, Sharita, you have a uh, Lenovo, Lenovo yoga. yoga. Yeah. So it's getting a little is, long in the tooth, but... Yeah, maybe uh, the lifespan is just up, and it's time for me to either strip it and rebuild it, which is something maybe you and Jeremy can do, or yeah. uh, just get another one. So, I don't know. I'm going to I'm gonna just do some research and get my coins together so I can afford a new laptop. Uh, we have a lot, but I did, I have liked it. I mean, you know, yeah. before it started running slowly and functioning improperly, I liked it very much. And it flips all the way back, uh, so I could turn it into a tablet. It's uh, like an 11-inch screen, so it's really 
really small and portable and extremely light. Yeah. And uh, the battery used to last very long. And that's one of the um, the the plus the pluses for Lenovo is that some of these new ThinkPads, the batteries have lasted like in some cases 17 hours on one charge. So. Yeah, that is insane. Yeah. So we have lots that of really calls is. to get to. Uh, we are going first to Rosina in Braxton. Good morning, Rosina. What do you have for us? Hi. Um, I just comment on the desktop. I've got one, an uh, Apple iMac 21-inch. I like the size of the screen so I can have a couple of things going at once. But anyway, my question is, used to use at work Windows all the time, Office and everything. I am so out of it after being retired for five years. Would Office for Mac be an option for me? Is it very similar to the Microsoft Office Windows product? It is almost identical. Okay. Um, I think if you have any kind of familiarity with you know your regular Windows, Word, Excel, all of those, you will feel right at home in, uh, well, in Office for Mac. Well, it's been four years since I've used it in yeah. But, yeah, 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 yeah. So it's like riding a bicycle. You'll, you'll be right back in it. Okay. <laughs> so um, that would be a, a less expensive option for me to go to get keep my skill level up to, instead of buying a laptop or another computer, right? Correct. Yes, ma'am. Okay, great. Thank yep. you very much. All, All right, right thank you. Thank you for your call. We appreciate it. We are staying on the phones. Mary is in Oxford with a question. Good morning, Mary. What do you have for us today? Good morning. Hey, Mary. Good morning. I have a question. It's not about a PC or a laptop. It's about my phone. Okay. Uh, I've been trying to get um, Google up through Safari. And I get a program on there, and I don't know how to delete it, so I can get back to Google. Wait, I'm sure I understood that question. Repeat that one more time, Mary. <laughs> okay, I want to search on Google. Okay. I press Safari. A program comes up, a website or something, and I cannot get rid of it, so I can get back to the Google search. How do I get rid of the program that comes up? So what kind of program is it? Well. <laughs> is it a website? I don't remember now. I worked on it last night. Let's see. Let me see if I can call it up. I wonder if she just X out of it. I mean, because. Right now it says IE Online Microsoft. So. I'm wondering if your homepage has been just changed. Um if if the main site that comes up, once you have you closed all of your Safari windows out, you know, like a I, double I, click. Um, I uh, double click the home button to uh, x out of uh, x out of everything and just. I don't. Um, I do not see a home button. How do I get out of this? You have an iPhone, right, Mary? Yes, it is. So that button you pressed uh, with your with your thumb to open up the phone and and switch. Uh -huh. Yeah, if you double click that one. Uh, it should bring up the multiple windows that you have open. So you may see Safari. Uh, you may see your message app open. You should be able to swipe up to kind of X all of those out. Mm -hmm. Now, yes. how do you X them out? Just by, uh, you'll kind of put your thumb or your finger onto them and just swipe toward the top of your phone, and it'll make them kind of... Uh, go away. Uh, yeah. Oh. Mm -hmm. okay. I was swiping left and right. Okay. Yeah, swipe up. Oh, okay. Thank you very much. That's all there is to it. And then I get back to Safari. I mean, yeah, the Safari, Google. Yeah, you yeah. should be able to. And what you can do is if you were to go into the uh, settings on your iPhone, 
And if you scroll down in the settings down to where you see Safari, you click over on Safari and you'll notice the very first option there should be search engine. And on that, uh, sound like you're just like me, you can select there and say, look, I want to use the Google search engine. So you would go to settings, Safari, and under search engine, click that, and then you can select like between Bing, Yahoo, and Google. Wow. And then just check Google, and that way, whenever you're searching on your Safari, it'll always use Google. Yep. Okay. Oh, thank you so okay. much. That was so frustrating. Oh, all right, Mary. Glad we were able to help. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, we're staying on the phones. Last to get to Kay is in Gulfport with a question about donating computers. Good morning, Kay. Hey, good morning. Um, I upgraded over the years um, my computers, but I have the old ones and would like to be able to donate them and um, to charity. And I'm wondering in Mississippi if there's some service that is receiving computers, how to go about it, how to get in touch with them. Um, I know in Texas, if I had lived in Texas, I could donate them to Computers for the Blind, but they don't accept uh, mail delivery of of used computers. Um, Mary, I'm not sure of a specific organization here in Mississippi that does that. I know that a lot of people will donate computers or their older computers or type of hardware to either churches or libraries or schools and things like that that can use them for labs or for teaching or for community. Um, Other than that, I'm not sure of a specific organization here that helps or facilitates the distribution of that two places there might be and we could definitely look into that for you right one thing i would also um caution you on whenever whenever donating older equipment such as that your hard drive you i would recommend not letting your hard drive go along with it that had your data you need to actually physically destroy that item you wouldn't want somebody to be be able to recover any of your information um, we see that a lot with used computers on like eBay and such. People will actually get people's old tax returns and all kinds of other information off of these old hard drives. So I would say kind of uh, leave that one out. But, yeah, definitely, uh, you know, we, we've given quite a few like to local junior colleges that will use them in their IT training programs. And like I said, just leave that hard drive out, kind of save yourself some headache down the road. Right. All right. Thank you so much for that call. We appreciate it. Um, we're going to go next to Larry, who's been waiting for a good bit. Good morning, Larry and Raymond. What's your question for us? Well, I thought Mary was pretty cute as a sidebar, but um, I've got a peculiar issue with Yahoo email, which you might not find with much surprise. When I'm attaching an attachment to the email, it'll take one of them very easily. I, I press the paper clip icon. And the options for attaching an attachment disappear before I can click it. Any idea what that is? Hmm. Huh. And no, that's kind of strange. Usually, like what you're you doing, you should be able to just add additional ones on there unless they've changed something with their program. Yeah, that's weird because I use Yahoo email. Are these like really big files? No. Okay. Not, not large at all, actually. They're Microsoft Word, most of them. And uh, but it the, the icon well the taskbar or the option list for attachment disappears in a millisecond. Um, but the first attachment goes on easily. It's any any attachments I struggle to attach thereafter. 
with it going away so quick, it almost makes me wonder if it's if it's trying to block the pop up. One thing you might can try is when you click that paperclip the second time, hold your control key down at the same time. That will usually bypass any um, pop up blocking that's happening with your browser. I'm almost wondering if your browser may be giving you this headache. I mean, that's a this is a total guess and a stab in the dark, but it's just something I would try. Well, I did that dual punching on both sides of the keyboard, um, left and right at the same time, and it still just disappears before, I mean, within less than a second. Can't solve this one, huh? No. Uh, maybe, may, have you tried it with a different browser? That's what I was about to ask, yeah. if you tried it, um, tried it in multiple browsers, or um, do you have Yahoo Mail on your phone, by chance? Yeah. Yes, I do. Can you do it on your phone with uh, because now you know Yahoo is really an app now rather than the web page. Can you attach multiple files possibly through your phone with that app? I haven't tried. I haven't downloaded the Yahoo app. I'm, every time I upgrade on Yahoo, something weird happens, and I stay away from the upgrade. <laughs> <laughs> Amen. Um, I, I would probably say just try like a different browser. If you have another browser on there, say like a Chrome or a Firefox or something, and just see if it acts that same way. That's just that's sounding browserish to me. I just I can't quite pinpoint what would create the problem though. Well, Larry, uh, once you try those things and uh, if they do or do not work, uh, send us an email and uh, you can just follow up with more comments or questions if you have them. Everydaytech at mpbonline.org is the email if you have any follow-up questions. And we do appreciate your call, Larry. And uh, good luck to you fixing that issue. Uh, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we have Tim and Eddie and someone uh, getting ready to be on the line in just a moment. We'll uh, take a break. 877-MPB-RING is the number if you want to join the conversation. We are talking about laptops and desktops and computers in general. If you have any questions about uh, laptops or desktops or uh, hybrid uh, computers, give us a call. Or if you want to ask anything in general, 877-MPB-RING is the number. 877-672-7464 or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. This is Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back to Everyday Tech on MTV Think Radio. I'm Sharita Brent, joined today by Wilts Petraer and Russ Walker. Jeremy Thompson is away today, but we're talking about laptops and desktops and the different brands and the different uh, functionalities. Um, so, Wilts, uh, your thoughts on, because we have a lot, of call to get, a lot of calls to get to, so I just wanted to get this in. Your thoughts on the hybrids, so those things that kind of are like laptop and a tablet, are those cool? Um, who, who would need those? Well, you know, I think they're really cool. I have one myself, you know, with your uh, your yoga is one as well. I'll be honest with you, though. For me personally, I found that I don't use the tablet functionality like I thought I would. I have me a, neither. Uh, and I yeah. have a tablet, so it really makes no sense. Yeah, <laughs> I, I have a Surface Book, and, it, and it's, it's absolutely wonderful, but I've really found that I still use it as a laptop a little bit more. So that's really me. So I guess if, you know, if listeners are more prone to that tablet-type experience, the, the small light device and a lot of touchscreen... You know, they're absolutely great. It, just for me personally, I just I haven't used it like I thought I would. 
Mm-hmm. It's like I almost kind of fell for the gimmick a little bit more, and it just wasn't my style. Yeah. I, I think that a lot of people do exactly that. I know that I have as well. Um, I've had a Surface Pro 3 and several other hybrid type things in the past, and the idea of having that tablet functionality is really great, and then you don't really use it as that. I, so yeah. it's almost situ- very situational. Mm-hmm. I know some people that use it for that far more than as a laptop, but it's because of what they do from either a meeting standpoint or yeah. Yeah. Um, going in, in a lot of notes and at panels or certain things like that but i I think a lot of people probably fall for the hey tablet laptop it's great yeah it's funny how you can convince yourself that you need something so badly when you want it you know i just convinced my oh i i need the tablet and the laptop in one it's going to be great and then i went and bought an ipad so it was just like what are you thinking (laughs) uh all right lots of calls to get to we go first to tim in louisiana has a question about uh lenovo good morning tim Good morning. <clears throat> Great to hear you all on the on the radio there and on the phone. Um, I have a question about Lenovo. Lenovo is a Chinese company, correct? Correct. Well, you know, I know our government has wanted um, manufacturers to build back doors into PCs and phones and everything else. And I'm wondering if the Chinese government has wanted Lenovo and has, in fact, built some back doors into equipment. Hmm. I've heard that discussed quite a few times. Um, Truth be known, a majority of all laptops actually come from overseas. We don't manufacture much within the United States when it comes to the mobile items. Definitely a... um, a possibility, but unfortunately, one that's very hard to investigate. One is very hard to prove. Um, but you know, definitely something to keep in the back of your mind. Yeah, and that's something that it you just really can't go out and say, "Hey, let me look for this and find it." I mean, that would require a lot of investigation. Yeah, but you got a point, Tim. I mean, a lot of a lot of your uh, your mobile devices are actually made overseas, and they are beyond where our laws are at. So it's it's something something you know the buyer can definitely look into. All right, Tim. Thank you so much for your call. We appreciate it. Oh, sorry. He was saying, "Have a good day." Thank you. Sorry. <laughs> um, Eddie is in Meridian with a question. Good morning to you, Eddie. What do you have for us today? Yeah, my question is about uh, video streaming and. Uh graphics and your graphic card uh video streaming uh is that dependent on your graphics card much or is it just a graphics card just out of the question as far as video streaming and let me say i'm not a gamer the closest i get to graphics is uh the rain on the radar on the web on our uh uh, weather website so there you go uh do graphics cards do they have any effect much on uh video streaming not really on streaming your your effect on your streaming results is going to be more so your data connection um you know Uh what's your internet connection like uh if it's on a mobile device what is you know what's towers are you okay yeah yeah, it'd be like you know what's your home internet connectivity um yeah the video cards rendering the graphics but if you're not talking about trying to go for you know 4k or 1080p Right, video no, no, like no. that, yeah. Yeah, that, I mean, that's the other thing. I mean, in these days, you can almost guarantee that your monitor, whatever, is capable of 
that resolution. So, but if you do have one that's possibly a few years older, you know, it may not be capable of providing true HD quality, but. Yeah, but your internet speed's going to play a lot more into that, Eddie. That's going to be your your uh, your main deciding yeah, factor. That's there. the major factor. So my uh, my internet connection speed that's the biggest factor as far as a, a quality of video streaming and the graphic card. Yeah, it don't matter if I go to a, I've got a one gig graphic card to video. I just put it in just for the heck of it, and uh, uh, I mean you know, and like I said, I the closest I get to graphics is just. I think about it, I thought there was all one thing. I, I thought graphics and video, they were moving, they were like the same thing. But you, like you're saying, there is a, def, you know, a graphic card is for graphics, right? Correct. Yeah, that would be more like, you know, with your movies and, and getting that quality level up. But, yeah, not really as much for the streaming. Your computer, right. your, yep, yep. So you should be you. you should be good. All right, Eddie, thank you for your call. We appreciate it. 877-MPB-RING is the number if you want to join the conversation. Today, uh, we've been talking about all things tech and also laptops and desktops. And if you have any questions or comments about your own computer, give us a call at 877-MPB-RING. If you have any general tech questions that are unrelated to computers, you can call us with those as well. 877-672-7464 or email everydaytech at mpbonline.org. Uh, Wilts, really quickly, could you talk about the um, processors inside laptops? Um, you hear about uh, like these core processors, the i5 and i7. Uh, right. What, how do those things matter? Well, it, you're you know when you're talking about like the Intel, the i3, the i5, the i7, those are those are the model numbers of processors that are out there. And what you're really dealing with is how much. You can multitask. It's really kind of the big piece of it is how much can they handle at one time. So you usually see something like the uh, the i3 will kind of be in your, your entry level, your smaller laptops. Your i5 is kind of that middle of the road, uh, probably the most common. And your i7, generally folks that are wanting i7s are folks who are going to be using, you know, a lot of multitasking, maybe, um, you know, maybe getting into the gaming and everything else. Those are definitely your more high-end not much of a difference between the desktops and the laptops when it comes to processors. They've, there's really been a lot of um, development technology-wise of keeping the heat down. Heat is the big danger, I guess you could say, when it comes to laptops. They have a much harder time dissipating heat compared to a, a desktop that can have big fans in them. So processor-wise, you're not going to see a big difference um, between the models. But, yeah, you're you know basically kind of like... Um, I don't know, i3, i5, i7. It's kind of like Ford, Lincoln, and Mercury. You know, you have your Ford at the i3, your Mercury sits at i5, and your Lincoln is up there at that i7. Yeah, I mean, that, that it's these days the processor is not as big a factor as it was several years ago. Yep. The technology has advanced so much that unless you really are doing a lot of multitasking or some or something that requires a lot of threat. These days, virtualization can have uh, yeah. processors can play an effect in that. But Photo for general use, editing. yeah, for general use, I mean, you shouldn't really have an issue with a processor. And laptop processors are the same ones you're going to find in a lot of desktops these yeah. days as well. Yep. All right. Uh, let's see. Catherine is in Madison. Has been waiting a long time. Good morning, Catherine. What do you have for us today? Um, yes, hello, thanks. Um, I keep getting these uh, pop-ups uh, that uh, tell me to 
that Adobe Flash needs an update, and um, it just interrupts any application that's open. Um, and I updated it on an older desktop of mine, and it it pretty much just, I don't know if that was it, but it just, now it's sitting here unplugged on my floor looking for a new home. <laughs> um <laughs> And and it, now it's doing it on uh, on my Mac, um, and I just exit out and uh, have to you know reload the page that is on and continue until it pops up again, and it'll pop up you know about four or five times in an hour, and then it'll leave me alone for a couple of days. Well, on the bright side, with your Mac, Mac will not accept Flash. So you'll not see if you see that alert on your Mac, you've definitely got a problem. <laughs> That's what I thought. <laughs> yeah, and and the the thing to be cautious of when it comes to your Windows based computer is uh, anytime something is flat is popping up like that, you really uh, unfortunately in this day and age just can't trust everything that pops up. What I would recommend is if there's really an update needed for Flash, uh, say for like content on a web page, generally I would tell folks instead of following the pop up. Go yourself over to Adobe.com yeah. and and locate Flash and run the uh, run the program from there, so you know you're getting it from a legitimate source. Because that pop up could it could look all nice and official, but it could be taking you to anywhere. Right, and especially if you're using a Mac um, for a little over a year now, there's actually been a fake Adobe Flash pop up or update for Macs, so. Yes. Yeah, yeah. I've seen this for a long time, and um, I've, you know. <laughs> yeah, so definitely. Until now. Um. Right, definitely, like Wiltz was saying, actually go to the Adobe Flash site and get it from there, update it from there. And if you're on a Mac, definitely be careful with that. Yeah. How do I get rid of this pop-up? Uh, that could be just as simple as maybe just running your running your virus scanner in the background, going out and grabbing something like a malware bytes. Um, mm-hmm. That would be a and, good one. Yeah, that would kind of clear that out because if it's just it's something like it may be just something that's caught in the temporary files of your internet browser, and just simply running a little small program like that can actually uh, can actually clean that up. Okay, malbytes. Malware bytes. M A L W A R E. B y t e s dot org, I believe. Org, okay. Um, and then uh, you know, to follow up, you know, I've got everybody's got iPhones. Um, oh yeah. And, uh, oh, <laughs> so, oh, and I'm mistaken. It's dot com. My bad. <laughs> oh, it's com. Okay. Yes. Um, so I I uh, I use email. Uh, I have three different email accounts, and one is supposed to draw spam. Mm-hmm. And uh, the other is uh, just for, you know, having to sign up to different accounts. Um, and then I have, uh, you know, my other for very personal um, stuff that I would need to check all the time. Um, but I am getting so much spam coming through on all three of my, like, really weird um, spam on all, all three of my uh accounts um you know like uh, ukrainian wives you know <laughs> Cra- crazy stuff uh mm-hmm. that um how do i how do i 
block all that. I mean, it's it's probably at least 15 on a slow day. Well, a big piece of that, uh, are you using like a service like Google or Yahoo or one of them? Uh, well, I'm using one, my personal email is through uh, Google, and, um, and then I have another that's an iCloud, and then I have another that's and att.net. I, I can't remember how to get into that one. Well, you should um, be able to go. You should be able to go to their website, and you can actually turn up and turn on their um, their spam filtering. There'll usually be options in there, and they'll kind of start cutting that out. And also, when you go on there, if you start marking some of those spams and saying, "Hey, this is spam," that will actually start to teach that service. Hey, I, she doesn't really like this information. It'll start actually. It, it learns. It's called heuristics, but it can actually learn your preferences. So the big key to that is go use their website, and you'll see their spam settings in there, and you should be able to start cutting some of that back. Cutting it out 100% is difficult, but we can get a little bit of it out. All right, Catherine, thank you for your call. Uh, last call goes to Linda in Port Gibson. Linda, we have about a minute left. Oh, uh, I have a question. Uh, I On my laptop, uh, if I'm typing uh, like the letter, ASDFG, um, those letters does not appear on my screen. Hmm. Hello? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, so, I like, when you're, like, trying to do, like, a laptop. Word document or... Sounds like you no, might have... not so much the Word document. It's the, uh, it's the laptop itself. It's a Dell Latitude laptop. And, uh... So, so anytime you're trying to... Anytime you're trying to type anything, whether it's in some kind of Word program or uh, even a browser, those certain keys don't work. Right. Yeah, that kind of sounds like um, a keyboard problem, like those keys or a part of your keyboard is actually going out. One thing you might can do is get a little bit of compressed air, some of those little small cans of compressed air, and blow around the keyboard to see if maybe there might be something that's gotten stuck up underneath some of those keys. Um could be causing some kind of problems for them to work. That definitely sounds like a mechanical problem. It does, and you can even kind of clean it with like some kind of like alcohol or even drug alcohol and a Q-tip around around those, just in case something may have accidentally got spilled in there. Okay, Linda, thank you for your call. We appreciate it. And uh, that's going to wrap us up this morning on Everyday Tech. And uh, also, Wilt is doing a great job um, keeping up with blogs on the Everyday Tech page. So if you go to mpbonline.org slash everydaytech, you can see uh, some of those blogs Wilt has posted and uh, listen to some of our past shows as well. We'd like to thank Russ Walker for being in today. We appreciate yeah, you. Thank you, Russ. Yeah, thank you for having me. Absolutely. Sam Wells was our board operator, and I have no idea who the call screener was. Java Chapman. Java Chapman, uh, producer of Fix It 101, was the call screener. Thanks for tuning in, everybody, and stay tuned. The original Southern Remedy with Dr. Rick DeShazo is coming up next right here on MPB Think Radio.